It's another month in comedy and another comedy roundup. Tonight on the panel, we are checking in with expats and crowd killers from all across the globe. It's a multinational show. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to an all-new Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Helping you look ahead to 2023 because, well, you know, it is an all-new show (laughs) Tonight, we are going global. It is the end of another month in comedy. Spring has sprung. Live shows are back again. And tonight, we have a full panel with comics from literally across the globe. We've got comics here in Canada. We've got expats in the UK, comics in Paris, Greece, all over Europe. Obviously, the elephant in the room. A lot to talk about there. What is the vibe in European comedy right now? Are people happy to get out and see live shows again post-pandemic like they are here? Or is there just a new kind of dread in the air for audiences across the pond? We're going to find out. We've got our producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line with us. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. You're already writing off this year, eh? 2020. You know, (laughs) I feel like we've literally waited almost two full seasons of the show to finally, you know, shed all of the COVID talk. And there's been so many false starts where it's like, festivals are back wait no they aren't again live shows are back uh, then they aren't again i feel like you know we're we're in this sort of weird comedy spring now we've sort of emerged from this whole thing i mean we're seeing here in toronto of course we're seeing the clubs fill up again live audiences are coming out in droves people want to come out and see this stuff again but now of course you know we're talking to comics all over the map on tonight's panel and it's sort of this weird one step forward, five steps back, where it's like, okay, we've finally come out the other end of this pandemic. Live shows are a thing again. Audiences are out. The masks are gone. The lockdowns are lifted. Now there's all this other crazy stuff happening in the world. So how is that impacting audiences? Are they coming out? Are people ready to laugh again? Or is there just a new kind of foreboding in the air? And what can comedy do about that? Because I mean, Vince, one thing we talk about a lot on this show is That's sort of the power of comedy, right? That's the whole thing is these are the people who take the stuff going on in real time and sort of find the funny in it and take the power out of the big scary things and and make light of it. And, and, you know, satire, I think, is so important during crazy times like this. But we only know what we what we know from audiences here. So it's going to be interesting to hear from some comics in the UK, in Europe and find out how audiences are reacting during all this strange stuff going on. Yeah, I say pile it on, man. Just more stuff to talk about. Let's put them all in. in. The world is what it is. I mean, all we can do is just get back to doing what we do and, you know, what our guests do best, which is going up on stage and making people laugh. Uh, So we're going to find out what those scenes look like, what people are talking about. I'll introduce you to our panel right now, which, of course, is brought to you by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you see the world around you more clearly. And, oh, boy. Is it terrifying? We, <laughs> I feel like we just finally got rid of all of these pandemic plugs for our sponsor. We spent two years doing that and we're like, finally, 
we can get back to live comedy plugs then there's a bunch of other not great stuff happening right now so there's obviously a lot to get into with our panel especially talking about comedy scenes all over the planet we'll go around and introduce everyone here in toronto we have habib siam who who comes to us from jordan to lebanon montreal which of course another great comedy hub here in canada uh and is now based here in toronto habib how you doing man I'm doing all right, man. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, we, of course, I mean, here in Toronto, as you know, I mean, you have another show coming up at Nothing Fancy, which is this great independent comedy club that has sort of sprung up during all this weirdness the last couple of years. But here in Toronto, we're certainly seeing the scene come back to life. I mean, we're finally through all the lockdowns and we're kind of in the same spot we were midway through last year, where we're seeing audiences selling out shows, live crowds are coming out in droves again. I mean, people were obviously very much itching to get out and see live comedy again and actually like leave their little bunkers and get out and watch live shows again it's been uh it's been super uh it's been super interesting to to actually see um during the pandemic things were super rocky uh shows in the park uh shows on yeah. street corners i did a show in february it was actually at nothing fancy when when uh when the government kind of locked back down again we did a show in minus 25 degrees Celsius on a patio with industrial heater <laughs> and people showed up. Yeah, Canadian <laughs> comedy, you know, <laughs> if we've learned nothing in the last few years, other than the fact that Canadian comics are nothing, if not resilient. I mean, even pre-pandemic, you know, the, the whole coming together and fighting for residuals on Sirius and that whole thing. I mean, yeah. You can't, you can't get a good Canadian comic down. It's literally not even a two-year-long global pandemic can shut us down. So that's great. Uh, an old friend of the show who we spoke to about probably a year ago in the middle of a lot of craziness, well-known to audiences in London, in Paris, all over the place, actress, comedian, Anushka Rava is on the air with us. How are you doing? Hi, I'm so good. Thank you. Love this intro. <laughs> yeah. I'm very, I'm so curious to talk to our whole panel tonight because obviously, I mean, we, you know, we only know the way our scene in Canada looks coming out of the pandemic. We know what things are like in Toronto and Vancouver and Montreal. I'm very curious to hear the way things are in Europe, in London, in the UK. Obviously, I mean, you were talking to us before the show, you know, the Edinburgh Fringe is coming back this summer. You'll be there. So we are seeing festival season finally coming back and things returning to what they were before and live shows again. So I'm curious to pick all of your brains. Uh, we've got a Canadian expat now in London with a new album dropping. Zoe Brownstone is on the air. How are you doing? I'm great. This is so exciting. Thanks for having me. I'm very it, excited to hear about like the other comedy scenes around the world. It's, it's rad. I feel like, especially right now, because we are, you know, we're going to get into the, the obvious elephant in the room, but I mean, we're in a weird spot right now because we're finally able to do the thing we've all been waiting to do for the last two years, which is just get back to performing in front of crowds again and get back to live shows again now there's all this other uncertainty happening in the world and i mean comedy is a reflecting pool of the times so how that's going to impact audiences and material it's a strange thing because on one side we're celebrating getting back to doing what we do now there's this other dark cloud hanging over the world and obviously i'm sure audiences in europe are especially feeling that uh and last but not least we have a new friend of the show joining us all the way from greece we've got stavros batras on the line how are you doing man I'm fine. Thanks for asking and thanks for having me here. We, I mean, this is great because we've never, we, you know, we've had, certainly we have a lot of comics from the UK on this show over the years. We talked to a lot of comics, especially, you know, from panel shows over there and festivals like the Edinburgh Fringe and stuff like that. Um, 
but we've never greece is one of the countries we've never checked in with we've never checked into the scene over there and what that's like so i'll be curious to pick your brain on that one thing i'll throw to kind of the whole panel right now i mean because you're all of you are literally based all over the globe Coming out of a strange time like the last couple of years, I mean, you know, a global pandemic, we've never seen anything like that in any of our lifetimes. It hasn't happened in over a century. Do you guys feel like that really sort of, in a way, shrunk the global comedy community? Because it, it's sort of this weird shared thing that we all went through together and that the entire industry went through together. And Canada, the US, the UK, Europe were always such separate things. I mean, it was always wherever you're based, that's it. Do you guys feel like it really made us sort of one small village in the way in comedy? I mean, Anushka, I guess I'll throw that to you first. Yeah. Um, so during the pandemic, there was this app called Clubhouse. Do you guys know about that one? Yeah. yeah. So I connected with so many comedians that lived in uh, New York, L.A., and I really used this tool to get closer to people that I could not maybe reach if, without this app, you know, and, and I think we were all on this app because we, we couldn't perform outside. And so I was testing new material on this app. So it did bridge a gap between, I guess, the European comedians. And I actually on there had uh, created a, um, a group called Euro Comedians. So all the comedians in Europe could uh, talk to each other. And then I was in the rooms of people in LA, even out Toronto as well. There's people from all over the world who are connecting on these platforms. So I guess it did um, enable a lot of comedians to bridge a gap. And I also did some Zoom shows with people, you know, living all over the place. So yeah, it was quite useful for, for me. Yeah. It kind of does connect you. And I mean, it's, you know, one thing that I think was strange for, I'm sure you can all relate to this for a lot of comics during this time was obviously the platform wasn't the same. You miss being in front of a live audience. That's what the thing's all about. But at least, you know, people were doing zoom shows and people were putting out digital content and all that. One thing that's essential to comics, I think is, also the before and after the show, just being in that green room with other comics and sort of being around your own kind and bouncing ideas off of each other. That's something that was really missing. I mean, Zoe, I'll throw that to you. I mean, it, obviously in London, it's kind of in a way a similar scene to New York and Toronto. And obviously you came up in Toronto before making the move. Was that a weird thing? Just sort of going it on your own and, and working on these other platforms, but not being able to actually be around other comics? Well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I was in Amsterdam for most of the pandemic and the Dutch, high. yeah, I, well, I was, A, I was high and B, the Dutch were sort of like pandemic who, like we've never heard of it. So yeah. we only had like two really short lockdowns and the rest of the time we were on stage and performing. And as weird as that is, uh, it, it really didn't shut down for very long. So we were very privileged and it's like this weirdly tiny little English scene in the Netherlands but sort of thrived during the pandemic because it's so new, it's so fresh. And we all of a sudden had this opportunity. We were like one of the only places to go for live entertainment because like concerts weren't happening, but small comedy shows were still on. So I only luckily was like, had to, I only had to do like four Zoom shows. So that was great. <laughs> That's great. Not everybody loved those. <laughs> there's, there's been mixed reactions on the Well, cause I mean, it, you know, it was essential for a lot of comics, especially those comics who, you know, a lot of their calendar is corporate work. That stuff stayed on Zoom. But, you know, it was sort of a placebo effect. It was like, okay, well, I can reach out to an audience this way, but it's it's really not quite the same. It's interesting. You can't gauge material there at all. You can't gauge material there. And, and I mean, it's kind of funny that you say that Amsterdam was like that, that it's sort of this scene that that kind of just plowed through and, and 
you know, we're seeing that here in North America too. I mean, a while back we had a bunch of Canadian comics that all moved to Austin, Texas, because this was this random scene that sort of sprung up out of nowhere because the audience was there and there were no limitations. And now it's a destination for a lot of comics that two years ago kind of didn't really exist. Mm -hmm. Um, I also want to figure out what the scene looks like in Greece and how, how old that is and how different that looks now. We're going to come back with more of our roundup panel going worldwide right here on Inside Jokes. Hi, I'm Zoe Brownstone and you're listening to Inside Jokes in your ear holes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you look at literally anything but the news. Whatever you do, for the love of God, do not watch the news. Stop watching the news. I'm saying that even though we are literally on a news station, but that's fine. We are going global. We're going worldwide with our panel tonight. It is, of course, the end of another month in comedy. It is another roundup. We've got comics all over Europe, the UK, here in Canada, North America. Uh, before the break, we were talking about these sort of scenes that kind of sprung up during during the pandemic and cities that really kind of were new to stand-up and now have become destinations because that's where the audiences were and that's where the limitations were less. Uh, Stavros, we're going to throw it to you. I mean, in Greece, what is the stand-up scene there like? I mean, has that been a, has that been around for a long time? Is it a relatively new thing there? What does that look like exactly? Um, in Greece, uh, the whole two years of the pandemic, uh, there were no uh, Zoom links uh, in order to, for, you know, shows to happen in Zoom or uh, Google Meet or anything like that. Uh, for two years, there were no shows. Um, but now the situation is starting to get better um, without the vaccination certificates. Uh, and also lots of comedians, including me. Uh, I didn't do a stand-up show because I thought that it was not right to, you know, say to people... You've not done the vaccine, you can't watch the show. Uh, I don't right. like to divide people, and that's the reason why I did no stand-up comedy shows. When you're based in Europe like that, though, because you have, I mean, you have access to so many cultures and so many major cities. I mean, here in North America, comics, it's all about road work. Everything is so spread out geographically, especially in Canada. It's like you're based in New York or Toronto or Montreal or wherever. And the rest of the time, the rest of the year, you're just out there putting in miles and traveling constantly on the road and going to small towns and sort of building this stuff yourself. When you're in Europe, can you sort of move freely between these different scenes and go play in all these major cities? Is it kind of easy to be based in the middle like that? I don't know about um, easy, but definitely possible. Yeah. I just yeah, went it's... to Paris and uh, there's a lot of uh, English comedy nights in Paris. So I do those. And uh, so it's lucky because I speak as well French. So I perform in French in Paris and then in English in the English comedy scene in Paris. Yeah, it's easy enough. Yeah, and I was, actually I was supposed to go to Amsterdam in uh, October, but then they had a lockdown then. So yeah, then... That, that, that was our second lockdown. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I did a, a tour last uh, November. I went to some like very small 
Eastern, Euro I shouldn't say Eastern European, uh, European cities. I went to Bratislava, I did Vienna, uh, Brno, like tiny little towns, um, comedy wise, but because it's such a small scene, like when you roll through, even if you're not like a famous person, like I am not a famous person, um, <laughs> it was easy to book a venue and it was like relatively easy to like get people to come through. You know, if you're studying and you speak English or you're a tourist, even though that wasn't really back yet, um, it, it's easy to sell. Like, hey, I'm doing an English comedy show. It's going to be 45 yeah. minutes. There will be an opener. Like it's not a difficult item to move, especially during the pandemic. So that was very interesting. Well, I'm being able to, I mean, Anushka talking about, you know, performing in French and performing in English and performing for both those audiences. I mean, Habib coming up in the Montreal comedy scene. We were talking about that last week. Montreal is really the only place in Canada where we have that comics perform in French, English, Italian, and it's sort of this multilingual melting pot in Canadian comedy. That's really the only scene like that here. I mean, everything else is just, you know, you have your specific clubs in Toronto or Vancouver that you kind of just play to those audiences and, and that's it. So, I mean, being able to perform in different languages and reach out to different audiences and cross cultures like that, I think it makes you more of a strong comic. It makes you more of a global comic and have sort of a broader appeal in a way. Yeah. Uh, is that, I don't know, to Habib or <laughs> I wasn't sure who you were talking to. Either, either one of you. I mean, well, Habib, your background is interesting because obviously, I mean, you're born in Jordan you spent time growing up in Lebanon, but then you came here, you cut your teeth in Montreal comedy. Yeah. That's an interesting thing, actually. I'll, I'll throw that to you for a second. I mean, was comedy a thing for you before you came over to Montreal? Was that something you were exposed to? Were you, no, was that a thing absolutely. anywhere? I mean, exposed to in many ways growing up, absolutely. Especially that like Lebanon, um, Lebanon traditionally is a very comedy-based culture, but not stand-up, right? So a lot of, mostly theater. I would say, yeah, uh, mostly theater and growing up, um, growing up as a as a French speaking person, there was a there was a sketch, there was a French comedy sketch troupe called Les Inconnus. And yeah. that was like one of that was my biggest comedy, like a lot of my comedy influence come from outside stand up, um, either theater sketch and ironically enough, hip hop as well, I find has has a very strong connection to, to a lot of my comedy influences. But yeah. Um, I'd always done comedy exclusively in English until about six months ago. So I went and spent five months in Lebanon and there's a, there's a very young burgeoning comedy scene in Lebanon. I got a little bit self-conscious at being the only English performer on all Arabic shows. So right. I actually dipped my toes into like, I, I tried stand up in Arabic for the first time. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. You can bleep this out. I got my, <laughs> I got my ass handed to me repeatedly. It felt, <laughs> but it taught me so much because I learned that there's, I write very rhythmically and Arabic has a entirely different rhythm than English. Yeah. So a lot of the material that I was trying to translate was just not coming across rhythmically. And I don't have the linguistic dexterity to bob and weave the way I do in English, right? So I still am at a point where I almost memorize the script. And if I lose a word or two, it's the pocket just collapsed and I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, in November, I tried comedy in French for the first time. In Montreal, I did a set at uh, Le Bordel and a set at Le Terminal. And both of those went particularly well. I mean, not perfect, clearly first time in a different language but well enough that it planted a seed that, hey, this is something that I do want to explore. 
especially going back to that point you made about Canada, uh, we're a very insular market. It's, it's a very particular place to do comedy in because when you think about it, Canada is the size of Europe, but the population of France. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. a very small market that's spread out geographically. And so there is a lot of road work. And then that population is then split into two languages. So I figured if I can, you know, if I can kind of uh, expand the spectrum a little bit, so to speak, uh, then, then why not? You know, well, not and, and even being able, you know, for comics to actually be able to just go and perform in these other places and reach out to those audiences is such an important stepping stone. And I think obviously during the pandemic, things became much more about a global audience because you're just sort of putting stuff out onto the internet. And now it's all of a sudden for everybody, you're not just going town to town in Canada or the U S anymore, but because Canada is built that way. I mean, Toronto is one of those scenes where a lot of comics fall into that very specific pitfall of okay, I perform at Comedy Bar every week. I know those crowds. I know those two stages. I'm very comfortable there. But as soon as they have to step outside of that comfort zone and go anywhere else, it's like this deer in the headlights moment where it's like, I, I don't know how to talk to other audiences. I mean, I remember myself when I, before I retired, but I remember going to do, to headline in Reykjavik and I was performing in English. But even then on the plane there, I was terrified because I thought, how am I, I'm going to do like 30 minutes in front of this, audience in Iceland are any is any reference going to land are they going to have any clue what I'm talking about and comics really have to sort of rip that band-aid off I mean Zoe for you you came up in Toronto comedy I know you know exactly the shows I'm talking about and the mics and you know we all sort of cut our teeth in the same places so to go from that to now all of a sudden you're performing in Amsterdam and you're performing in London how much of a huge leap was that for you and how much did it sort of push your comfort level uh, it was a massive leap. I had to like totally rejig all my material, but it was a great opportunity because like I, by the time I moved to Amsterdam, I was maybe four years into doing standup and I was ready to sort of throw out my jokes and, and retool them. And I landed at such a great time because there were all of these shows that were like, yeah, we do comedy, but like, we've never seen a woman perform. So they all wanted <laughs> yeah. me. And it was like a great excuse to like, right for my audience and the interesting thing what you're saying about Reykjavik is like once I got my tight 10 in Amsterdam down I, I I actually took it to Norway and like had a killer weekend in Norway and then the next weekend I took I went to Paris did the same thing like you, you find sort of inroads within the continent that begin to sort of work I think in a similar way to like if you were writing for all of Ontario like you could pick yeah. out little bits that would work, you know, so that it works in Toronto. It also works in Woodbridge or Sudbury. Uh, but it's definitely, you definitely have to listen to what the room wants and what they don't understand at all. Um, also being Jewish and like talking about being a Jew in Europe is very funny and entertaining <laughs> for the audience and also very entertaining for me. <laughs> Well, and I guess it's, you know, because in Canada, we have this sort of regional regionalism that happens because so much of it is road work. So it's like, okay, well, this is for a Saskatchewan audience. This yeah. is for the Rockies, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, in Europe, it's that, but on meth, it's like that times yeah. 100 because it's like, well, I'm in an entirely different country today. You know, I'm in an entirely different It country. is and it isn't, though, because the, the stereotypes land everywhere. I mean, yeah. and I'm not saying like in terms of race, but like cultural isms in the UK are very funny in Germany and are very funny in Prague. And like they all they're so close to each other and, and they've all traveled all over the place. I mean, 
for the most part, a lot of like young people are still traveling quite a bit within Europe. So regional kind of isms definitely tend to work, at least in my experience. I know what I tried to do because I was just opening for Anissa Amani um, in, in Berlin and Zurich. And so for Berlin, like I wrote jokes that would correspond for a German, like just as an intro, I was like, uh, I had, you know, to choose between Spanish and German. I chose German because I'm not a masochist. And then I was saying like a, a crazy word, like 36 letter word. I was like, that's longer than the alphabet. Yet. So I, when I, for each town that I go to, I try to find something that would, uh, re- that the audience could relate to. Like for Zurich, I found out that just next to that, there was like a, in Zug, 14 unicorns of cryptocurrency. And so I added that to my set. You know, like I, I always try to find something that people could relate to, basically. Right. Stavros, and I mean, we'll, we'll come back from break with more on this, but is there, does your comedy change a lot based on which language you're performing in or where you are? Like, do you find your material and your voice is completely different in, say, if you're performing in Greek versus in English? Do you find you change a lot based on where you are and who you're talking to? Um, yeah. It's uh, completely different uh, doing stand-up comedy in Greek and doing stand-up comedy worldwide. Um, you must uh, be aware of uh, what kind of jokes you, uh, you know the audience is going to take because here in Greece, um, for the last half year, they are trying to get offended. They... You know, <laughs> on a carriage, uh, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on with the world. I mean, uh, comedy is supposed to make you laugh, although, uh, five out of ten people they are trying to get offended. It's sort you're you're totally right, too. By the way, it's, I mean, the whole point of great comedy is it's supposed to take a as an audience, it's supposed to take us out of our comfort zone a little bit. Because comics up on stage, we're supposed to look at you guys and go, okay, they're saying the stuff that I was thinking and I'm scared to say, and they're making me laugh at things that I normally wouldn't be comfortable with. And that's good. That's a good thing. It feels great. I feel like, especially during, you know, these surreal times we've been trapped in. I mean, that's, we kind of need to get back to that. That's the point of great comedy. And it's sort of, it's really the only art form that does that, that just sort of like takes takes the power out of that stuff and makes us laugh at the scary and find the funny in it. Uh, Anyways, we're going to come back with more of our global roundup panel right here on Inside Jokes. Hey, it's Sabres Batras and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. Maybe hecklers are a thing again, because live comedy is. It's back tonight on the panel. It's another roundup. We are going worldwide with comics all over the globe. Uh, I feel like I got to bring up the elephant in the room now. Of course, most of our panel is, is based all around Europe and in the UK, I know here, you know, all the comics we've talked to the last little while here across Canada and all over the States, there's this sort of, everything feels very cerebral right now. There's this sort of, it's like this spring thaw that's happening and everybody's in a very 
celebratory mood because finally after two years of pandemic you know the festivals are coming back this festival season the clubs have reopened audiences are filling seats again everything has sort of come back around but now we have this other thing going on I mean there's this you know it feels like you know it's this whole one step forward five steps back where it's you know we've come out of two years of this pandemic that we never saw lasting that long and that's shut down comedy everywhere we're finally coming out of that but now there's this other terrible looming thing in the news and there's sort of this new sense of dread out there here in Canada and the U S we're sort of just focused on, we're back from the pandemic. We're doing live shows again. We are happy, but I mean, Anushka and Zoe, I guess I'll throw that to you guys first. What's the, is the vibe feeling like that right now in London, in the UK, in Paris, in Europe, is there sort of that joy of coming back to things or is is there sort of like another sense of dread happening right now with everything else going on in Europe? I guess I've been going up on stage since uh, back, when was it? In September in London, you know, like I guess you, it was later for you. So we've had that like moment where we were back on stage for a bit. And now it's just now that I did this charity gig last week for Ukraine. So in Paris as well, like, and in London. So we're trying to do our best, you know, to uh, in, involve all, you know, everything that's happening, but it's like, it's too fresh for, for me to write anything about it, you know? So for now, I guess we're doing gigs, doing charity gigs for Ukraine, but I haven't heard any jokes about it yet. Yeah, I haven't heard a lot of material on it. I'm seeing a ton of like charity shows um, in Amsterdam and here in London, like donating funds, which I think is, is excellent and, and necessary. I haven't seen anyone like shutting down shows as a result of, of the war. Yeah. Um, in fact, I actually read today that they... There was a show in Ukraine in a bunker, a comedy show, which I would be very, yeah, I really want to get the tape on that and like find someone to to translate it because I bet that that is like very incredible to witness uh, a comedy <laughs> show in a goddamn war zone. How 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 brilliant! I mean, um, the president was a comedian. Yeah, yeah was totally a appropriate. Totally. That's you know, it, it, it doesn't matter where you are on the planet. Comics will literally find a way to perform oh, yeah. it there. Uh, and I bet you, I bet you the first person who heard about the bunker show in the middle of the, the bombing going on over there probably asked who books that that's probably yeah. what happened. <laughs> Spot? Can I get five minutes? Can I get two minutes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's obviously we're all going back in history right now and we're going, you know, we had this pandemic that reminds us of 1918 and now we have this looming war that obviously brings back a lot of really still kind of recent memories and it's scary. And I mean, one thing that happened during COVID was the world felt like it got a lot smaller because we all had this shared thing and we all are on social media and we all have that technology now where it really felt like the world became in a way one population. And I remember at the beginning of COVID, you know, that was just a thing we were watching on TV screens at the bar after stand-up shows going, whoa, that's a crazy thing that's happening way over there. And then five minutes later, it was here. I think Europe is especially an example of that because it is, everything is so close together. So, I mean, there has to be that palpable sense with audiences of like, okay, this crazy, unforeseen, horrible stuff is going on in Ukraine which by the way is just right next door. So do you get the sense of like audiences coming out again and being able to watch live comedy again? We've all been stuck in this weird news cycle for two years and we just want to finally get away from that and go out and laugh again and watch live stuff. Is there yeah, sort anything, of this sense? Yeah, it's bringing, I would, I think it would bring people out even more um, to, to come and, and hear, you know, like I, I don't, 
necessarily believe that comedians are also philosophers, but I think like it is a mindset that some comedy fans have where it's like, I want to hear the news from a comedian. And I have heard some comics touch on the subject, not that it's great material necessarily, but like, you know, if you want to get that sort of edgy approach on what's going on in the world, yeah, go to a local open mic and hear what the dregs of society have to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it I put myself true. in that category. <laughs> And there was this Russian uh, comedian, you know, so I was like, well, okay, that's a bit, you know, difficult for her. But she, she went on and she, I, it, it didn't get that much of a good uh, response from the audience. Cause she was like, yeah, talking about how Russians, um, uh, all this power, but like that, that, you know, people should be careful because we could, they could, they could overthrow us and like kind of, joking about it in a way and uh yeah that didn't fly well and it's also i mean europe obviously has a lot of like i said it's still recent memories obviously going back to the to the both world wars but especially world war ii but europe has a lot of sort of old wounds that are still very much just lingering under the surface that it feels like this is calling back to memory i mean even for me i grew up during the tail end of the cold war and that was always a thing it's kind of like here in in north america when trump was elected it sort of brought back all these memories of like the racial divide and the mason nixon line and all this stuff that was really that really never went away it was always just kind of there under the surface and now it brought it bubbling back to the surface again it sort of feels like that with europe right now people are having you know a lot of ge- memories of one generation before where it's like okay but we're back even in more even more recently, like people in Europe are experiencing this wave of very recent nostalgia of like Syrian refugees coming to their country and and victims of wars that have happened more recently or Afghani refugees coming into European countries. Like it's not really new that war is happening so close by. I think the difference is, is that there's like this big bad villain, which is Putin and and that's like the target. Um, But it's definitely, this is not, I don't think it's new necessarily for, for European comedy audiences. Also, I was thinking just before that happened, uh, there was a, all this news about Boris Johnson and his party gate. And then he must be so happy because he's not <laughs> about this anymore. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> now it's just like. investigation. He's, he must be thanking Putin right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every new bad story makes the old bad story go away. Yeah, exactly. It's- it's, I mean, in a way, though, it kind of almost feels like it's a bit of a cliche. It's almost hacked to say at this point, but it's kind of like, okay, we we really do kind of need live comedy right now more than ever because there's just been so many insane and unforeseen things happening one on top of the other on top of the other in the news for the last few years that we've all been sort of trapped in. I mean, we were talking in New York comics last week, and my mind always goes right back to that immediate post 9-11. The whole New York stand-up scene kind of collectively went is it okay to get back to doing what we do? Is it okay to laugh again? And everybody sort of agreed that, yeah, that's, there's nothing more important kind of right now to do anything exactly that. I like everybody just got quiet there. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like, you know, I mean, that's, that's great comedy in a nutshell. That's satire in a nutshell is, you know, I mean, when is it more essential than right now when crazy stuff is happening? It's like, okay, well, that's, that's what great comedy is, is just putting, you know, it's putting the skeleton on stage and giving it an autopsy in front of everybody. That's really what it's all about. And I think we all kind of collectively need that right now. Uh, Anyways, we're going to come back and wrap it up with our March roundup global comedy panel we'll be back right here on inside jokes
Hey, this is Habib Siam. You're listening to Inside Jokes. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto and of course, coast to coast, Canada wide on the Global News Radio Network. We are going international. It is our March Roundup with comics all over the globe, clubs, festivals, independent shows. It is back. Lockdowns are lifted all over the planet. We're back to live comedy again, finally. And of course, everything in the world is still very much terrible right now. So we all we all need comedy so much. Uh, but a lot of these comics, there's festivals coming up. Festival season, of course, is just around the corner. There's new albums coming out, specials, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, Anushka Rava, of course, you joined us this past year during the pandemic. You're always bouncing all over Europe, based in London, based in Paris. You always have a lot of plates spinning at once. Uh, where can where can we find you coming up? And of course, a refresher for our audience, where can they follow you? Yeah, so uh, my my uh, name is Anushka Rava. I'll spell it out. It uh, sounds like a Wi-Fi code, sorry. So A-N-O-U-S-H-K-A-R-A-V-A. <laughs> at Anushka Rava on uh, Insta and Twitter. I'm more active on Insta. Um, I'm doing the Brighton Festival. I'll be there on the 8th and 9th of May. And then the Weapons of Mass Hilarity in London uh, at the 2 North Down on the 3rd of June. Then Montreal uh, from the 20th to the 30th of uh, August. Uh, Sorry, July. July, July, yeah. 30th of July. And then the uh, Edinburgh uh, Fringe the last week of the French, so from the 22nd to the 28th of August. There we go. Which, by the way, I mean, Montreal's Just for Laughs and Edinburgh Fringe, both two of the biggest festivals on the planet that we've all sort of been waiting to see come back in full force finally this year. So it's good to see that stuff happening again. Uh, here in Toronto, Habib, Siam, I know uh, you always have a lot of stuff going on here, but of course you're performing at so there's this great independent comedy club called Nothing Fancy that sort of opened up during all this craziness the last couple of years. And it's really, I feel like we're sort of getting back to roots in a way here because it's really one of those New York style intimate little clubs. A lot of comics are cutting albums there. It's a great room, man. It's, it's a small room. Capacity is just under 30. And the energy in that room is electric. So they... they um, they started running shows full force during the pandemic. I got to know the good uh, the, the team at, at Nothing Fancy when I came back from Lebanon in November. Um, and that place is quickly becoming every comic's favorite place to perform at in the city. Uh, I run a couple of late night weekly shows there on Mondays and Wednesdays. They're both called Late Night Stage Fright. Um, I like I like the graveyard shift, man. I like (laughs) (laughs) I love the graveyard shift, specifically like the Monday 11 p.m. show. I feel like anybody who comes out at on a Monday at 11 p.m. is somebody who wants to be there, you know. So uh, they run shows uh, Monday through uh, two shows a night, uh, Tuesday through uh, Sunday. You can find them on social media, Nothing Fancy Comedy, and you can find me at h.s.hdotsdot. There we go. And yeah, I mean, that's a lot of comics have been absolutely raving about that room. It kind of feels like uh, 2015 when the corner opened up. It's nice to see these intimate clubs coming back again, independent comedy. Zoe Brownstone, you, of course, you have a new album. Where can people find you online and, and download Dearly Deported? I love that name, by the way. 
Thank you. Uh, you can grab it on Bandcamp if you want to pay for it, or you can hear it on Spotify. Uh, also, my socials. You can find me on Instagram at Zoe Zoe Haha. Very mature choice. Uh, <laughs> and I've got show dates here in London coming up. I'm at Top Secret on April 25th. Um, all my show dates are on my website, zoebrownstone.com. Uh, and I'll be back in Toronto this summer, probably around August. So. Excellent. There we go. And there will be stages for you finally again. Last but certainly not least, we got traveling really all over the planet. We got Stavros in Greece. I know. So you mentioned to us earlier in the show, you're actually performing in LA coming up. Where, where can we find you on social and catch some of your dates? Um, they can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's I am Stavrakis. There we go. And what's the show you're doing? So you're going to be at the laugh, the famous laugh factory in LA coming up. The world famous I'll be- laugh factory. <laughs> I'll be at the Chocolate Sundays showcase uh, on the 24th of uh, August. Perfect. There we go. And I love how you didn't think you needed to spell your name. I mean, there's going to be a lot of Googling for listeners on this episode. That's what's happening. Uh, that is our panel. Thank you so much to our guests all over the planet. It is so good to see in every corner of the globe. Live stages happening again, festivals coming back, clubs reopening. I mean, yes, things aren't perfect, but comedy-wise, we are back. And, oh, man, do the audiences really want to come out in droves? It seems like the same thing is happening everywhere. So it's so good to see that again. That is our show. Don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the very beginning on Global News Online. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi. And you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx features Zoe Brownstone. I really like it here. Netherlands, great country. Good job. Well done. It's great. Dutchies, congrats. You've got a great country. The problems you have here, not real problems. The number one complaint is the weather. (laughs) And it's not even that bad, okay? Listen, I'm from Canada. Our weather kills people. All right? Your weather is delightful. I like it. I think it's fun. It's like living on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Okay? (laughs) So schizophrenic. It's like rain, sun, rain, sun, rain, sun. And the food is shit. It's just like a boat. It's exactly like living on a boat. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms. <laughs>